are you looking to improve your sales skills without compromising your values? Welcome to Sales Made Easy, a podcast for business and personal growth. Join Harry Spade, author of Selling with Dignity, your formula for life-changing sales results, as he hosts sales experts and business owners who share their journeys of personal growth and business success without resorting to pushy sales tactics. Now, here's your host, Harry. How would you describe the experience that your clients are getting from you? Better yet, how would they describe the experience that they're getting from you? Today with me, I have Cheryl Mays, a five times author and award-winning speaker. She provides consulting services and training for individuals, teams, and organizations on customer experience, service, and support. Cheryl, welcome to the Sales Made Easy podcast. What's the good word? Hello, Harry. I'm so excited about being here. You know, I love talking about customers' experience and how it impacts the business because for me, it's about sustainability. Awesome. So Cheryl and I, for those of you who don't know us together, when I moved toward the Orlando area, I contacted Cheryl. I heard her on a radio show of all things. <laughs> and I said, I need to speak to this woman. And we had a nice conversation. She totally hooked me up with volunteering with SCORE, which is helping small businesses. So Cheryl, you've got a lot of things on your plate. And I understand you just recently wrote your fifth book. So can you tell me what that's about? Yeah, actually, so the book is called Make the Sale Memorable, and it's coming out in April, but here's what people have in access is to the preview book. So most of people do an excerpt from a book. I wanted to do something a little different, and so I did a book preview, which gives you an opportunity to really see what the actual book is about. So there are some activities. I call it sometimes it's an activity book because you're not just going to read it. You're going to do some things because I'm about implementation. So it's a it's gonna share not only about the customer's experience and the importance of using it as a strategy to sustain the business, but it's also gonna give you an opportunity to look at some of the famous brands, how they focus on their customers, how they utilize it to extend their services. And it's gonna give you an opportunity to really deep dive into your business and take a look at it from that customer's lens, which is something sometimes business owners just don't do that. And if they do, not sustainably. Yeah, this is such a great topic. So I come from a background in sales where I view that everyone inside of the company is an extension of sales. If you're client facing, especially, you have to have a personality that shows you appreciate the people that are paying the bills, right? Uh-huh. So instead of just answering the phone out of drudgery and people say, well, I'm on the help desk or I answer the phone and they put themselves in a position where they don't feel like they're bringing that much value to the company. But what is the way you see those types of people who are answering the phone or dealing voice to voice with the customer? You know, it's, a, it's, it's so interesting that you say that because I have a client and I do corporate training for a customer service also, and they happen to be in the casino industry. And there's a leg in the casino industry. When you drive up to the casino, who's the first people that you meet? The valet. 
right? Those are the first people that you meet. And yet they think that their job is just parking cars, right? Which seems so evident. It's like, that's right. Yes, we just park cars. No, you don't. You're the first experience that that customer has when they come to the casino. You're the first people that they meet. So your interaction is really gonna set the stage for how they enter the establishment, for the individuals that serve them thereafter. It starts with that initial contact. So even if you're that person that's on the phone that they might not see, right? It's still an opportunity for you to understand that you have an impact. You have an impact in that customer's experience because the experience is not just isolated. The experience is part of that ecosystem. It's the entire organization, it's the culture. Yeah, it's so good. So an example that I can think of is a person, I mean, there's a lot of automation and voicemail and so forth, but some companies still take pride in answering the phone. And they want to get to the phone within a couple of rings and have a human connection. And then there are others that you're pounding a bunch of numbers and pound <laughs> signs and stars and zeros and just trying to find a living human being. And then when you reach the person, you're already in a bad mood. So that, no matter what, how good the person is, isn't that also part of the whole ecosystem that you're talking about? Absolutely. You know, when you think about, and I've done massive surveys on customers' experience, what is it that you appreciate in businesses? And what is it that you feel as though is a disservice? And waiting times, right? That's number one, right? Because time is something you just don't get back. And waiting times is one of those things, you know, being able to, to reach a person on the phone. And we know now you can press zero and it goes, that's an invalid prop. <laughs> Before you would press zero and it would connect you to a person. No more. Right? And so you do, you reach levels of frustration. And so when people have a tendency on the other end that, and I call everybody that's in the company, customer care. Because at some point or another, you're dealing with a customer. You can be in the back office. You're still dealing with that customer. Maybe it's an internal customer, your coworker. And so what happens is that customer that is calling in, they've gone through levels of frustration, right? Maybe they tried to connect with you via website, but the chat box didn't help them. And so they went through these series of clicks and now they're in these links and they can't figure out how to get back. And so now they're at a second level of frustration, right? And so now they actually get to a person and what typically happens? I'm sorry, you're in the wrong department. Oh my gosh, right? So now you're at angry. You're just angry. And so you have to think about as a business, how do you eliminate, right? How do you eliminate these frustrations and not be reactive, but how can you be more proactive to eliminate this so that your customer has not only a pleasant experience, but it's friction-free? I like it. All right, so where do we go from here? Do we start with what, like the overall culture, like how do you start when you go into a business? Because that to me seems like a monumental assignment is to help change the culture, but I know it can be done. 
So we can start mm-hmm. there, or we can start with some real life examples of, we all know the bad ones, right? Pretty much anybody we call in the television industry for our cable, we know it's not going to be a good experience. Direct TV, now, no offense to good people working in those companies, but I'm telling you, it's just like, if I, if I can't hit zero and it's an invalid prop, that's where I start to boil. But so where do you want to start with good examples or do you want to start with how you approach a business and start from the top down or whatever it is you do? Well, so here's the reality, right? You have to know the experience yourself as a business. And one of the things that I do is I have the CEO, whoever it is that has assigned me to come in and speak. What is your customer's experience? I want them to tell me. What is the experience? Because sometimes what happens is what you expect to be so is not so. Right? There's like a there's that there's that disconnect. This is what should be happening, but in actuality, this is not what's happening. How do we know that this is not what's happening unless you've taken the experience yourself? You know, and we can talk about some of these these, you know, mammoth companies that have really looking at the customers as the their orbit, right? The center of their orbit is that customer. And that's where you get the terms customer centricity, right? Customer focus. We could throw those terms around, but what do they really mean? It means that the company's number one priority is looking at how to add value to that customer's experience because the reciprocity that comes from that is that you get to increase your customer's lifetime value, which means what? I now have a customer instead of six months, this customer is now my customer for 10 years. Now, if you're in business, you would go, okay, Cheryl, that makes sense. I, I want 10 year customers, right? But there are things that you have to do in order to make that happen. And yes, it's predominantly cultural, but it can also start on those smaller scales. First, let's train our people to be comfortable with interacting with customers. And secondly, let's have departments understand what other departments do. And so sometimes you get on a call and you're like, hmm, I don't know who does that. Can you hold on, please? Well, if you don't know, then how could I have possibly gotten the right department? (laughs) Right. So it's always going to be an extension of training. And a lot of times when you think about customer service training, companies go, oh, yeah, we do that once a year. Well, we know with anything in business, right, if it's not continuously talked about, if it's not a continuous practice, then it falls off of people's list of important things to do. We used to have a saying at the company, I was a VP of sales. And we would say, if it interests my boss, it fascinates me. <laughs> I like it. Right? So if my boss is continuously talking about this thing, that I want to know what is this thing, right? And how do I become so great at it that it makes my boss, my manager, my leader, it pleases them. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, I can think of, in sales, especially having been around sales for a few decades now, some salespeople want to take all the calls to mm-hmm. client. And, you know, they they feel that they're offering the best customer service. But the reality is 
you cannot do everyone's job. You can try to take all the calls, but if someone has a billing problem, you're either going to try to solve the billing problem, get involved, drop what you're supposed to be doing. It's all, I get the fact that people try to do that, but the biggest reason they're doing that is probably related to lack of trust in the people behind them. Now, if you, you got it, right? Am I right on that? Okay, so mm-hmm. you you held me out here on that. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it's important for customers, and not customers, internal customers, because I always talk about the internal customer also, but it's important for them to know what other departments do. And when you have those team meetings, right, when you have those opportunities for individuals to come to the table and share different conversations, share experiences, then what happens? I now know that Harry gets it, right? He knows how to treat customers. So when I can say, hey, I'm going to connect you to Harry, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay on the line. I'm going to give Harry just a little bit of what we've discussed so that he has some idea about the conversation. And I'm sure he's going to have some additional questions, but I'm going to make sure that the call doesn't drop. So would you hold on for about one minute? What's the customer going to say? Absolutely. And thank you. Because we know what happens when that car drops. That's more infuriating because now what happened? I got to tell my story all over again. Right. Yeah. So you want that continuity and working together. So suppose I'm in a situation where I'm an employee at a company or I'm in sales and the people around me in customer service, so I'm really outgoing and friendly, but the people around me are kind of grumpy, you know, not really overly friendly by any stretch. What what would you suggest that someone like me or in my position, what would you suggest they do? You know, sometimes you have to manage up. I, you really do. You have to manage up. And you have to have the opportunity to bring data, right? We know how people operate, right? It can't be, hey, I feel like we should do this because then they're going to go, yeah, we don't have time. It's not going to change the bottom line. But if you can say, you know, definitively, here's what's happened based on the results of me being able to communicate differently with my customers. I spend less time problem solving, right? I've answered less complaints, right? So what's the thing that you want to evaluate? And when you have the opportunity to manage up and you bring that with some data points from your own experience, you don't have to be world known. You don't have to be an expert. You just have to know your customers to be able to say to leader, manager, hey, Can we try this because it's worked for me? And then what happens? When people start to see that you're smiling more and you're no longer, you know, the Grinch that stole customer happiness, (laughs) but you're smiling more, you're you're more pleasant, people want to know, what are you doing? What's, What's going on? What are you doing? And then we know the inevitable is that sometimes you have the wrong person in the right seat. And that's, that's, you know, that's another issue, right? But for this individual that says, you know, I don't want to transfer them because everybody doesn't see it the way that I do. 
then there's an opportunity for that individual to really say, I love doing what I do and I could do it so much better if. Right. Oh my goodness. So you brought up such a great point and we're going to save that for another <laughs> conversation. <laughs> but if you have someone who is answering the phones, that is a task driven person that wants to work in Excel and handle all the tasks that they're given. Well, when they answer the phone, they're viewing that as an interruption from what they really want to do. So without going too crazy here on this topic, but how can you help in that situation or in situations like that? What do you suggest? You know, I, you have to, as a leader, you have to know your people's skill sets and you have to allow them to operate and what's called their unique abilities. Right, which is like their 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 favorite zone. Mm -hmm. And it's like my lane of genius. How do I function better in my lane of genius is because I love doing that. Right? You have to have when you when you think about customer service, there's this whole there's this whole story of having that service attitude. Right? You have to be the person that wants to interface with people. Right. We know people for a fact that sometimes they're like, you know what, I'd rather I'd rather communicate with animals than people. Right. So those aren't the people that you want on the phones <laughs> because right. that's what they're going to come off at. Yeah. Right. They're going to be short or right? they're not going to be helpful. They're not going to extend their knowledge or their expertise because that's not what they want to do. And so who's who's failing? You're failing the customer. You're failing your employee. You're failing the potential of the business to grow. So if you look at that financially, you're losing money. Right? That's what it boils down to. And I think, you know, when you, when you have this opportunity and when I have an opportunity to have this conversation with the C-suite, it has to be brought back to profits. Right? That's when they turn on the tell me more switch is when it's brought back to profit because there's no place on the bottom line for happy customers. Right? There's no place on the bottom line for that. <laughs> but there is a place for year-over-year -year growth. Right? There's a place for referrals. Right? There's a place for our customers' retention. So when you have the ability to have that conversation, I always equate it to money. And customer service, that's why I say customer service is a strategy that increases the bottom line. And along that way, the stream of individuals you can better engage your employees because they're better engaging with your customers. You're creating a much better experience. Your customers are now so, so excited about the experience. What are they doing? They're telling their friends, their families, and their colleagues about the business, which means that you're getting new customers that you didn't have to market to, but they're coming to you because of other people. So it makes okay. so much sense. Absolutely. And then on top of that, you're getting better employees because yeah. now these people are able to talk the talk about how great their company is and share, you know, over at a party or family and friends, you know, this is a great company versus, you know, it's drudgery and, you know, it's a paycheck, right? When you right. ask people what their job or how their job is, they go, oh, it's a paycheck. It's like, yeah, 
right? And and yeah. ask yourself this question, right? As a business owner, are your employees referring the business? Right? How many times have you spoken to someone that's in the business and they go, oh, no, don't come here, right? They're telling their friends, don't come here. Yeah, you should go someplace else. We hear it all the time. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So the bottom line, so I have some thoughts, but I'm pretty sure you've got an answer to this one. How would you say is the way great customer, a great customer experience contributes to the bottom line? What are a couple ways that can happen? A great customer experience contributes to the bottom line because you have the ability to drive behavior. When you can drive the customer's behavior to do what you want them to do, which is what? You want them to come back, right? What's the second thing you want them to do? You want them to extend their services with you, right? You want to be able to upsell. You want to be able to talk to them about their past purchases and say, hey, you know what? I see that you've got this particular system. We got this new product that I think is so compatible and it will go so well with what you already have. Well, what just happened? You became a trusted advisor, right? Now this customer is going to go, okay, give it to me. And so now you have the opportunity to increase the sales. You also have the opportunity for those customers to, again, right? And I, I, I cannot stress this enough, is to increase their lifetime value. Think about the Amazons. I think about Amazons and we could just throw them out there. You know, everybody can say what they want, but guess what? They get it. They get the fact that typically you're an Amazon customer for about 24 years. Wow. From the time you're 18, when you first start ordering things on Amazon, to you're in your well into your 40s. And I've done the statistics on Amazon because I use them for an example. And so when you think about having a customer for more than 26 years, can you imagine as a prime member, how much are they spending over the course of 26 years? The number is going to blow you away and people are going to go, that can't be so, but I've done the math. It's over $800,000. One prime member customer over the course of 26 years. Why wouldn't you want to treat your customers? <laughs> That's crazy. Think about your local grocery store. How much you go to the grocery store every week. Let's say you spend $100 a week. You go there 50 weeks out of the year. That's $5,000 a year. You're a customer for five years. That's $25,000 to that local grocery store. Why wouldn't you want to get the produce to be fresh, right? When you look in the store, the next time you go to the store on a Saturday, count the people in that store and multiply it by 25000 yeah, no one's spending a hundred dollars a week either anymore. That's just on eggs. That's just a dozen of eggs is a hundred dollars, I think. Exactly. Oh my goodness. When you think about it in its longevity, right? Then you start to think about the impact of keeping your customers and not churning customers, which means you know, we got so much customers. They'll come and go. No, that makes no sense. Yeah. And so this customer is interesting. I, I could go on forever now that you brought up grocery stores. Because <laughs> I, 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 I do the grocery shopping in the house and I'm passionate about getting quality food at great pricing. 
But, you know, one of the things I, you know, I'll pick up on is that when I go into a store and here in Florida, Publix is very common. They're everywhere. They are ridiculously friendly. Everybody in the store is offering how they can help you. I mean, I had a lady leave. I was in the deli section. She left a stand-up meeting with her manager, saw me and said, I need to take care of our customer. I just left the meeting and I went, good for you because that's the way that's customer service right there right where you have some people will say well customers always first but we'll keep them waiting while we have an internal meeting it's like hello so that's one example and then there are simple things like their carts are like smooth sailing carts i never get a bad wheel cart and it's like right it's like yeah so it's like all these dumb little things it's like People grunting at me. I get a bad wheel cart. I'm fighting the thing throughout the aisles. That's a bad experience. And people, I mean, I'll pay more. I want to pay less, but I'll pay more just for that. You know, I want to go for the experience this time and not the whatever, the the economic version of getting food. So yeah, besides that. doesn't always mean better, right? Cheap doesn't always mean better. And it's a known fact, just like you just stated, people will pay more for a better experience. Oh, and so this, this all ties into like looking for your ideal client too. Mm-hmm. Because in the grocery store, so Publix is probably not looking for the person that wants to buy their food out of a box and fight, you know, <laughs> chill, reach in a box and bag their own stuff and, you know, carry their food into their car in a box. They're, they're not doing that, right? They want, their ideal client is someone who's willing to spend the money. Mm-hmm. They want a great experience and want smiling, happy co or workers around them, right? So that ties into this whole, I think, big picture thing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Where they- Absolutely. Oh, you, you go. Absolutely. You know, and you think about the company's core values. Right, Eugene, you said it first, right? Customer, they want you to think that customer's priority is their number one concern, but then you stand there and you wait for somebody to wait on you, or you can be an aisle two, you've you've encountered a representative and you're asking for a particular product and they're like, you know, I think it's over around aisle five somewhere, I'm not really sure. And then they keep doing what they're doing. They don't take you there to make sure it's right. They haven't even, they're not even competent, right? Because that's another level of customer service is competence. You want people that are knowledgeable, right? It's like, this is your job. You should be able to tell me what aisle is this in so that I don't have to run from aisle to aisle looking for something. Because again, now I'm misusing my time. Right? so it goes back to that time factor. And so you really want to look at your people in that they're representatives of you because nobody knows Publix, right? People could even tell you the the CEO of Publix, but they can tell you about the person's name that works in the deli. Oh my gosh, Jeff is so friendly in the deli. Jeff works on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They can tell you that. And so in their mind, Jeff is Publix. Right? Just like when you go to another store and Although they have these blazers on that say, how may I help you? (laughs) 
and you ask them a question and they act like you're disrupting them or like, you know, you've just infringed on their personal time. They've now become that store. And so what's the story that I'm now going to tell? I'm going to tell the story. Don't go there. Right. So that one bad experience, I'm now not going to tell just one person. <laughs> I'm going to tell my tribe. Right. And I might even go a little step further and go on social media and say, oh, my gosh, I went there on Thursday and we see that all the time. So now that one bad experience, I'm just told about 5000 people depends on how many friends I had. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't have to worry about that because my three friends, so they don't read my posts anyway. <laughs> all right. So great stuff here, Cheryl. What? I guess is what does it look like when you're working with companies so that if someone's out there saying, I want, I want this lady to come help us with our customer experience. What does that look like? So there's a, there's a multi-level process. The first level of course is introducing me to your experience. What is that experience? And then it's interviewing employees finding out if they know what the experience is. So that way we're communicating in the same language and everybody understands what's expected. And then it's deep diving into areas of additional training. Where do you need training? Maybe the phones are great, right? Maybe people aren't, you know, they have that, that may I help you attitude, but their issue is I don't have enough product knowledge to be able to provide solutions, right? I don't have enough product knowledge or training to be able to provide a person with options and alternatives. So maybe that's where the focus is. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, it would be great if I knew what happened after a customer left me, right? Like what happens in that next department? And far often I've gone into businesses where one department had no idea what happened either before them or after them. So when you don't understand that, you don't understand the importance of asking the right questions or of being able to, to share with someone the benefits of why you do business with us. Because when you get that, that frustrated customer, that angry customer, that disgruntled customer, however you want to classify it, when you have the opportunity to take that negative experience and turn it around, to a positive experience, now you're you're going into that that framework of creating loyal fans. But I like to call them brand evangelists because they go out and they spread the good news. Oh yeah. That, you know, yeah, it's nice. So this is this is the concept of going into a business and really dissecting. Is it is it, you know, people think that this is a huge overhaul. Is it? Not in its actuality. It depends on where you are. Right. Some businesses, there's just, it's a small fix. It's just training, right? And it's continuous training. It's, it's not that once a year when it's customer appreciation month, let's focus on customer training, but it's quarterly because again, if it stays top of mind to whereas you're focusing training on it, then your customer, your, your customer care representatives continue to understand the importance of it. The minute it no longer is important to the company, it's no longer important to the employee. Yeah, well said. Cheryl, this is great. I mean, I just love the conversation. I'm a huge fan of 
businesses that view that everybody helps the customer to grow the business, right? It's just mm -hmm. all the things that you say about getting additional business from people, lifetime value, treating the people right. That's just, that's the way business should be. And I'm a huge fan. Mm -hmm. So where can people find more of the world-renowned superstar Cheryl Mays that is helping people as the chief experience officer? You can go to my website and visit the academy. So I have the academy. It's called Master the Sale Academy. It is a sole focus on customer service. It talks about how to master customer service with an above and beyond experience, how to effectively communicate with difficult customers, how to gain better referrals, how to even create a pitch so that you can share with the customer what it is that you do and who would be a great referral. That's all at the Academy. And you can go to the website at risingandshine.com forward slash Academy. That's an opportunity for you to learn more about how I help companies through conferences and workshops and leadership development trainings on customer service because that's also a huge, huge opportunity for businesses to take your leaders through a customer service that's for that, that, that's in tandem. I say it's in tandem with the experience that the employees would get, but it's focusing more on the financial aspect of it because again, you gotta create the bottom line experience for leaders to understand the importance so that they continuously talk about it. So you have that opportunity to connect with me there and I, I also, you know, in the bio, you'll see that I do keynotes and all these other things to, to share the messaging so that the full goal for me is to help businesses not only scale, right? We can talk about scaling, but it's also about sustainability. How are you staying in business? Because we see it far too often. And a lot of times it's because of that, it's because of well. poor service. Yeah, absolutely. It's great stuff. Cheryl Mays, thank you for joining me on the podcast. I'm sure our listeners will love it. You have an awesome day and look her up. Cheryl Mays, risingandshine.com. Take care. Thank you, Harry. Thank you to your <laughs> listeners also. It's been a blast. Thank you for listening to Sales Made Easy. If you found value in our conversations, please subscribe and leave a review. Our goal is to provide practical strategies for growing your business while staying true to your values. Remember, success in sales is about serving your clients. Serve first and the selling will follow. We'll be back soon with more insights and inspiration. Until then, keep serving and providing value to others. Good things will happen.